We talk a lot on this podcast about chess improvement, but when it comes to improving your hiring processes, Indeed is the platform you need. Indeed has over 350 million global monthly visitors, and it has a matching engine that helps you find quality work candidates fast. You can use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with your candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Years ago, when I was running a chess teaching business, I found it hard to find good help, and I had to go through a lot of back and forth to even screen potential candidates. Indeed allows you to do those things efficiently in one place. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed for hiring, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of Perpetual Chess will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility if you go to Indeed.com slash chess. Just go to Indeed.com slash chess right now, and you'll be supporting our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, Indeed.com slash chess. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. The rare perpetual chess pre-roll ad. Of course, we are proud to be brought to you in part by Chessable.com. Chessable has proprietary move trainer technology, enables you to learn and remember different opening lines and tactical sequences. They are constantly releasing new courses, including my friend, I am Christoph Zalecki, a.k.a. Chess Explained, Lifetime Repertoire, the Perk Defense, or Pierce Defense, if you prefer. Whatever it is, you're going D6 against E4, and it is yet another great new course for you guys to check out. So go to chessable.com and see all that they have to offer. Let's get to this fantastic interview with Grandmaster Panamaryov. Hello, everyone. I am Ben Johnson, and this is the Perpetual Chess Podcast. Perpetual Chess is a weekly chess interview show where we talk with accomplished chess players, authors, and personalities about their lives, their careers, and how to improve at chess. Perpetual Chess is brought to you through the generosity of its Patreon and PayPal supporters and by Chessable.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Perpetual Chess. We have another treat for you guys. As promised, the candidates tournament has finished, so we have a special Super Grandmaster guest to talk about that as well as his career. He is the former Ukrainian national champion. He's been amongst the highest rated players in the world. In 1998, he became the youngest 
ever person to become grandmaster. Of course, that record has subsequently been broken. In 2002, he became the youngest ever FIDE world champion. That record has not been broken. The 2010 Dortmund Open champion, to, uh, multiple-time Olympiad gold medalist, multiple-time FIDE World Cup finalist, and now Perpetual Chess podcast guest. So, Grandmaster Ruslan Ponomaryev, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, hello, everyone. Uh, hello, Ben. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah, it's it's quite an honor um, to have you interact with the chess community this way. And I know we, do, we don't have all the time in the world, so I want to hop right into the FIDE candidates, which, of course, has had the chess world abuzz. That's why we waited to record this until the day after it concluded, although it really kind of concluded the day before. Of course, most chess fans will know that Jan Napomnici has emerged as the winner. That means that he will be challenging Magnus Carlsen for the World Championship starting in November in Dubai. So, Grandmaster Panamariev, what were your overall impressions of this tournament? Well, first of all, congratulations to Jan. I I, I'm kind of jealous, of course, of yeah, his, his results, but we are all professionals and let's appreciate everyone's hard work and have everyone's achievements. Well, I I would say uh, uh, before you asked me also about predictions and I told you, I think yeah, you, you like uh, Jan is a favorite, but still everything can happen and Jan in general didn't uh, do anything like uh, stupid. He sometimes emotional uh, person, but this time because it was a long break, I think he had enough time like to prepare, enough time like to rethink what to do. Uh, in general, mm, he played. I I don't I don't feel like he played super like excited, but it was just good enough to to qualify. Yeah, I dare say he made it look kind of easy. I mean, he was just kind of, he he was like the horse in front in a horse race and he just maintained his lead. You know, the, the most dramatic moment was when it looked like Geary would catch him um, with three rounds to go, but then uh, he beat Wang Hao with black and maintained his lead. And from there, it was, um, from there, it was uh, cruise control. Well, uh, maybe I should like explain why I thought He's like favorite, even like despite uh, they were sharing uh, first and second place with Maxim Vashilograf, and because Maxim won game with White on tiebreak, he's like uh, favorite. So by numbers, it looks like uh, Maxim is like had uh, better chances. But I just uh, looked uh, first of all like uh, Jan in the second half of the tournament had more whites, it's also very important uh, factor. And other factor uh, that he was playing in Russia and home, so he was like feeling very uh, comfortable, I think. And um, also, I would say, okay, there is like three Russian players, uh, so I don't know, I don't want like to make any some kind of conspiracy uh, theories, but and for this reason, also all all the time the rules like the players from the same country they play in the first rounds. But still, I was like feeling okay, like uh, Hrishuk or Kirill Alexenko, they will not like push so hard uh, versus Ian, like versus another guys. Let's say 
and it's also kind of all these uh, factors together. And well, <laughs> also Ian, of course, it's a good chess player. Just before the tournament, I made some kind of survey for uh, yearbook, analyzed some theoretical game from Ian. I mean, I can see uh, that he's like really progressing a lot. Uh, some some like players like me, they may be like were kind of receiving the results when they were young. Well, included right. like comparing like Carlson and Ian, they are more or less the same age, but the first like great results came to Ian just maybe recently. He always was considered like super ta- talented, but I guess uh, he was uh, lack maybe some kind of uh, mental stability, let's say, or some small details. And it looks like finally he started like to find his uh, own like routine, etc. Yeah, it looks like it's finally coming together for him. And as you mentioned, of course, um, Magnus and Jan Nepomnici are the same age. And in many World Youth Championships, uh, Nepomnici actually got the better of him. So now there's sort of like... Um, uh, final or at least uh, climactic chapter to be written. Now, I have to follow up, Ruslan, uh, about what you mentioned about three Russians being in the candidates. And of course, there's um, a rich history of uh, Soviets in the Soviet age kind of putting their thumb on the scale in uh, crucial tournaments. And, you know, we hope that we move past that. But Jan Nepomnici did have quite an easy win against Alexienko. Um, I saw one or two eyebrows being raised, but I mean, Alexienko seems like a great sportsman. Um, but in this modern age where things are not um, as corrupt as they used to be, but you still want your country countrymen to win, like, how how would you think some thought process might even develop? Like, I mean, it used to be you just got an order, um, but I, do you think that sort of thing might still happen? And I'm not casting aspersions on anyone in particular. I'm more just um, curious about, like, how far we've evolved in the chess world. <laughs> well, I, once again, I don't like this kind of conspiracy theories and I don't like to claim anything without like uh, facts. But yeah, it's true that uh, probably it started in 1962 in during Curaçao uh, tournament when like Soviet players like Petrosian, uh, Hiller and Keris it was long tournaments and they agreed to make all draws against each other. So it was like also documented in many books. I think Jan Timan wrote a very great book about this uh, Hina Sasonka. So it's like part of already like history novel like Hina. And after this, it was uh, like, uh, looks like chapter was closed and, and decide, okay, no more candidates. Let's do matches. But yeah, now I think once again, uh, which year it was? 2013. Once again, it was returning to um, candidates uh, tournament. Well, answering like uh, questions once again, can it happen or not happen? Uh, we, we don't know, of course. Right. You can't forbid to some players like play badly, etc. And I... I I mean, I once again, I don't want like to make this uh, conspiracy theories, but we also know that professional sports, it's not only like, ah, this is like, we are like a fair play, etc., etc. It's also lots of uh, money 
It's also, if you remember, not only like chess, if you take uh, Olympic Games, for example, uh, it was in Sochi, uh, Olympic Games, and it's later it was find out that uh, not not only like Russian sportsmen, but it was like huge, like government was involved in all this uh, doping uh, uh, <laughs> like system like and and it was like huge like penalties and this is another like uh, let's say uh, question uh, for example in other sports even it's even like nowadays it's like forbidden in organized tournaments uh, in Russia and it's also like forbidden to play under the uh, Russian flag it's like not so uh, maybe a few days ago I saw it was checkers and other like uh, sport and there was some tournament world championship in, in Poland and according to rules they like eliminate Russian flag from the Russian Russian player because according like penalty that works now penalty gave to Wada uh, you can play under like your national flag and I, I don't know, it's still, I think, maybe two years. So this kind of factors, I don't know how it works in chess. Let's hope everything was uh, fair, etc. But yeah. I guess for the future, uh, we kind of would like, like to see more like transparent uh, system, more like uh, uh, systems that will not make any kind of doubts. I, I going like a hit. I read some kind of suggestion and some critics of Harry Kasparov, of also Alexei Dreev. And yeah, it's also possible to argue why uh, there is, for example, uh, candidates and no matches, for example. Yeah. I guess one of the reasons that nowadays it's like uh, the life became much more like faster we don't have like so long cycle like it was before when you play like matches and it's kind of difficult to organize uh this kind of three years cycle when players like play so so many like time just uh matches and i remember actually magnus carlson when he was uh number one by Elo, but he still uh, wasn't at the time uh, world champion. He rejected to play in in Kazan, where it was organized like matches. And I think he explained it's like it's also uh, when you play like three matches in a row, it's um, kind of a lottery, let's say, according according to him. Well, people can go back to check uh, historical, to read his statements, his explanation why he uh, rejected to play. But I guess it's also possible like, to understand. At that moment, I, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Helfand qualified, and he qualified to play versus Sanat. And as far as I remember, for me, was kind of uh, trademark of these candidates was that Alexander Hrishuk invented new tactic, new system that he made very short draws <laughs> versus <laughs> Aronian versus uh, Kramnik uh, with white and then tried to hold with black and finally somehow on tiebreak he managed like to qualify. But 
versus help on this tactic didn't work because he lost last yeah. game. Respect. So you can always find some kind of pluses and minuses in each, uh, let's say, uh, system. But you, I guess you need like to look for some kind of compromises. Is it like realistic uh, to organize? Do we have like enough uh, sponsors to do it? Like enough interest? I guess uh, the one thing that people are like complaining, it was uh, kind of strange that winner was decided on some kind of uh, burger or some kind of uh, yeah. numbers instead of to playing uh, like uh, tiebreak and even like uh, for for the tiebreak uh, in the regulation it was like even one day included so it, it was kind of strange maybe for the next cycle uh, they will revise uh, the rules and change it yeah, a lot, a lot of good insights there. I just want to step back for a minute and give give listeners a bit more context. So, what what Ruslan was, <clears throat> excuse me, what <clears throat> sorry, what Ruslan was referring to is for there was a period where the next World Championship challenger was determined by one on one matches, a cycle of matches over a three year period, and um, that that's no longer happening as of 2013. And uh, Alexander Grushuk, for example, who of course was in this candidates, was out. He one of the statements he made about the format was that he wishes we went back to match play so that incentives were aligned amongst the participants. So you don't have people who are out of contention in the late rounds, kind of deciding the <clears throat> who emerges. And as Ruslan mentioned, uh, Gary Kasparov talked about how he wants a tiebreak playoff. I think to me that's like. That's low-hanging fruit that you should have them decide this over the board, even schedule in a couple extra days in case there's a tie, add suspense. It's good for fans. Um, I know there are a few people who are against it, but overall, I think that's a popular one. Um, so there's always tweaks that can be made, and there's always going to be people unhappy no matter what is done. But um, I do just want to say, of course, FIDE, I think rightfully was criticized for the circumstances under which they held the first half of the match, but they did run a smooth tournament the second half. By all indications, participants stayed healthy um, so and uh, tournament staff as well. So I do want to commend them for that, and then let's just hope that we can get a better format going forward. But but thank you for your, your insights on that. I'm sure there's time for this debate to unfold, but I personally would love match play, and I feel like with chess booming, I don't see why there shouldn't be... Um, enough funding to stage like eight matches amongst the top eight and then four and then two and then one, um, something like that to determine who plays the world champion. But that's just one person's opinion. Um, I know uh, people more qualified than me may have different opinions. I would like to add that actually I, I played also in format of candidates. I played matches as well. Uh, I don't remember exactly year, but I played versus against Sergei uh, Rublevsky, it's possible like to check. We played in Elista. It was problems to find like sponsor. And when Ilumzhinov was president, we played in Elista. And okay, for me, it was okay play matches. The only like problem that I can see, it's like difficult to play. Uh, you finish the match and then at that moment, like system was, you, you need to start a new match again. <laughs> That's kind of, I don't like. And the same was in, in Kazan. To like qualify, you play one match, then you play second match, then you play like third match. 
for me it was kind of uh torture it's like was who is more physically uh <laughs> has more like stamina not like really like preparation because for the uh, first match i knew my opponent i can kind of make preparation it's kind of short and not like uh, magnus will play versus Jan 14 games matches but still uh, you kind of make preparation but then second it's kind of you even don't know whom you will play because it depends on other results and so on. yeah that's why i, I don't like uh, matches when they go uh, in a row i kind of okay with uh, world cup let's say or knockout system yeah it's people can say that it's uh, very short it's only like two games matches and then you play tiebreak but at least it's still like long tournament but it's more or less i would say uh, good <laughs> good enough like you can prepare like physically and people will not die people will like stay healthy and still like if you will check like world cup results i don't think that we can see so many like surprises still like the best players they are always in the top of course it can be someone like winners so it's difficult to win like two types but always like i think was top players not like oh, it's so, such a system that like even some weak players can win no not at all yeah that's a good point of course you've had your share your fair share of success in uh in that sort of format um yeah, and again, uh, everyone will have different opinions, but now that this candidate is concluded, it's a good time to start slowly re- re- reopening that conversation. But I do want to look ahead, Ruslan, a little bit to the World Championship now that we have a matchup. So um, I like to check in with the betting markets just to sort of give a gauge. And of course, a few top players have already weighed in. Grushuk would would only say that um, Nepo has a chance, which is better than than he said he would have said about other people. Typical Grishuk Rai humor. Um, Caruana made it sound like he felt like the way that Nepomnichi's been playing in the past year has a significant chance. And the markets are uh, B win. Now these are not like super liquid people betting millions of dollars markets. To be fair, but just to give a gauge. Um, uh, they have Nepomnichi with a 24% chance to win. Um, I think predictive models based on ELO uh, might come in moderately higher, but it's in that ballpark. What More importantly, what do you think, Ruslan? How do you assess uh, Jan Nepomnichi's chances against Magnus? Well, personally, I'm not betting money uh, myself because I kind of feel as a uh, chess player, as like professional, it may be kind of illegal, maybe it's kind of un- unfair. I remember I played in China and we had kind of like panel like about like betting in sports. But okay, it's just another remark. And about chances, uh, well, if you just maybe look in the numbers, in the LR rating, of course, Magnus is like a favorite. But I would say it's still like uh, early to make this kind of like predictions and they will change a lot. It's still like seven, uh, I think seven months to prepare for the match. And in seven months, you can like improve a lot <laughs> or the contrary, maybe you uh, over prepared and you come to the match like in some uh, kind of bad shape. Uh, let's say, um, well, of Probably uh, Magnus is 
of course it's madness it's always madness what kind of doubts i can make but it's a sport it's uh, like still like uh, everything can happen and i would i would say that it's not going to be easy match for magnus even like we we can analyze like his previous like results let's look like how he played versus caruano how he played versus karyakin he didn't manage like to win in the uh, without without tiebreak that's kind of also indications uh, let's say so why versus ian should be like different and and in sports also change and chess is changed a lot it's not like it's like one versus one as uh, for example uh, some information uh, we know about the team of players like after the candidates finished somehow i was reading that uh, peter oleg nikita vitihov eldar hairulin uh, vladimir potkin was helping to <laughs> Yeah, only during the candidates tournament. So I guess he will not have any kind of problems like to hire uh, like uh, any well, maybe of course he can hire like <laughs> maybe some people like Peter Heinenir. So <laughs> I don't think that'll so. happen. But I guess <laughs> you understood my point, like he will not yeah, have like a lot of money. Yeah. So the, problems, the Russian Federation. Like, uh like to have specialist anyway of course it will be decided like over over the board but it's going to be uh i think tough match once again for for magnus and i would not say like for me this numbers like you told me like ian say has only like 24 mm, i would i would if i would like bet money i would say okay give me this odds it's yeah, fine. take three to one. Yeah, it's, take... it's kind of fine. Let's, mm. let's see. What? Well, yeah, I would, thank. I I remember somehow uh, when I played versus Vasily Ivanchuk, people also was saying like, "Okay, Ponomaryov is not like a, a favorite anything." I actually, didn't consider myself favorite, and people was giving me something like uh, the the most optimistic was like forty five percent. But then somehow, after uh, lots of time passed, I was checking these games, and I could understand why people was giving me only like forty five percent. If in that moment when I played Ivanchuk, my elo was even like higher, let's say, mm-hmm. I was kind of self surprised why these numbers not matter. And I would say you also can take like statistics, like someone told like. Uh, Ian beats Magnus 4-1 in classical games and last time in this online tournament he also eliminated Carlson in the semi-final so I, I don't know okay gives us something to look forward to sounds like a, a... <laughs> I, I guess it's it's always it's a chess uh, fans it's uh, we, are, we, are, we can be agree we want to see some kind of interesting excited match with lots of fight in instead of like someone like winning with, yeah. with three rounds in yeah. well one of the things i love about the world championship cycle is that someone like yourself uh amazingly accomplished super grandmaster forgotten more chess than than i'll ever know um you 
you're you're a chess fan just like me when the world championship <laughs> rolls around we're all sitting there watching and we're all uh pontificating whether we're qualified or not and uh i, I love that aspect of the the world championship cycle in particular um but Ruslan, we have a lot of uh, Patreon mailbag questions and a few Twitter questions. So I think we better start hopping into them. So, and th this first one is related to the world championship. This one is from Jay Furman. Um, listener, listeners who support Perpetual Chess are able to find out the guests and submit questions. And I appreciate your support, Jay. So Jay says, hi, Ruslan, can you give any insight into how exactly Magnus and Nepa will be training for their games in November? Will they and their teams essentially devote large amounts of time to analyzing their opponent's games, identifying their strengths and weaknesses, and preparing based on that information. What else goes into the preparation, aside from hours of puzzle rush, of course, <laughs> which I think he's joking about the puzzle well, rush. I, I'm not in in the team, near the Magnus, near the team of uh, Ian, so I couldn't really <laughs> say what's going on inside. And if I was in someone's team, I would be like forbidden to say Right. I, I would say that uh, I remember in 2013, I was invited by Magnus to help him to prepare for candidates in 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 London. And maybe some time is, is passed. It's like I can uh, I can reveal some kind of secrets already. All right, let's hear it. Breaking uh, news. But uh, I guess it's also not like a huge like uh, secret that the biggest amount of work that we spent we spent on some opening, let's say, preparation. Well, Magnus obviously for himself like uh, did not only like opening, I guess, also some mental, some physical, physical preparation, and it was like just hard, hard work, like finding some ideas. Um, I don't know, it's kind of interesting, but it sounds like routine, lots of routine work. I guess uh, this kind of idea how um, preparation is going, you can read the book Anand Files. Where yeah, did you read it? Awesome. I, I just um, feel also that I guess the preparation changes all the time. Uh, we have the kind of problems that nowadays we have so much information like and like yeah we are kind of granted with so powerful like hardware so powerful like engines but the biggest i feel like the problem would be how like to filter all this information what's important what's not important to find uh the balance and i would say from my own experience it's kind of sounds great when you have so many like uh, coaches or seconds who like have many ideas but in the end it's like you in, in this case would be like Magnus and like Ian who will play and your kind of brain is also uh, let's say uh, has limited capacity <laughs> you can put like 1000 of novelties and it's kind of would be involved with lots of like psychological uh, thoughts. So, what guy will prepare? What should what he will think? How I will prepare? What's his uh, weak spots? Uh, what what I want to play like more aggressive, more like uh, calm chess? Uh, do I want like to play like 
long game do I want to take him out of the theory uh, let's say early or maybe or contrary I want to play like some long theoretical line and like not to be in time trouble etc etc this kind of uh, let's say uh, small nuances this kind of matches like technically the boss are players are kind of good if you put just them like to make puzzle rush I guess right. they will score more or less like similar uh, result. But the problem, it's like, I would say, exactly in these dates, like November, December, to show your like best when you're like under like pressure and you should not like crack. Like, I remember like Fabiano uh, played like uh, first uh, games versus Manus, and he's like so experienced, like player. It's just like, why you should be stressed? But still, like, a lot of attention. Lots of cameras, and it looks like first games like he still was need like to adapt. And meanwhile, like for Magnus, it was kind of let's say easier. Well, if you like check the Magnus when he played like first time versus Anand when he was like challenger, it's also it's possible to see like first games somehow was playing let's say kind of modestly at that two carrito. So yeah, I all can only imagine would be important. Yeah, can only imagine how nerve wracking it must must feel. And of, uh, that calls to mind the fact that Wang Hao, when the candidates concluded yesterday, announced his retirement and alluded to the stress of uh, top level chess. And that's not even the world championship. But congrats on a great career to to Wang Hao. Um, I have to ask after hearing this, Ruslan. Um, What's the most nervous you've ever felt before a chess match? Well, probably about one how I wanted to comment. I'm not so sure that he will actually will like retire. I still can't believe this. Yeah, it's for me still like sounds like a kind of emotional uh, statement after like losing so many games. We will see. Okay, uh, let's see. And uh, sorry about me. What's about my stressful moments was yes. Well, I like to <laughs> go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, it's probably like feeling in chess. Uh, you like hard work, but in the end, the winner only one person. Yeah. And it's like this kind of feeling like, are you just one mistake or just uh, kind of uh, you need to make a last step? It's kind of, uh, let's say, difficult uh, always, like, to play. For me, maybe I would confess, I I, I had many times, like, I, I slept badly during the tournaments. Uh, you accumulate this kind of tiredness. I lost my weight. But usually when, like, game already, like, started, I kind of, Try and already like forget about everything. I already like focus it on the game. But this um, very like difficult like aspect. Not not. It's easy like to say in the theory. You can make like lots of uh, suggestions, but when you are like in real situation, I, it's kind of another feeling. I I kind of. Had feeling, for example, Maxim Vashelagraf, one of the reasons why he didn't win like candidates. I feel like he need he needs to work on this kind of aspects. Like I'm just 
looking that he's a good player. Like you can see, he plays like many fantastic games. But sometimes, like this happened to him, like uh, last moment, exactly when there is this kind of mistakes and he like <laughs> couldn't make it. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I would. I would once again suggest um, at least what uh, what I maybe it's some kind of natural ability you 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 can burn with it with this kind of uh, you are adapting to stressful situation easier. But of course, when you are like younger, uh, it's kind of things going like easy. Even like Magnus, as you remember when he lost to Sergei Karakin with White in the match, he went to press conference. He was kind of like uh, lost lost control for a while. Yeah. So we are all like uh, humans. And um, I also can quote like Boris Hilfant. Like he was saying the difference between like when you become uh, older, uh, it looks like uh, chess is not like physical sport, but like according to Hilfan, he said, "Ah, oh, well, when I was like younger, I I recover much faster, but with the time, it took me much uh, much more time to to recover. And in chess, you you have this kind of moments. Not everything like goes like smoothly. Sometimes you lose the games. Sometimes like you don't know what to play. You, you need to solve this in very quick uh, moment." Yeah. Um, yeah, Jan Napomnici, he looked tired and he did mention in, uh, after he clinched, he did mention that he slept very little during the tournament. So all the more impressive that he was able to play that way, but perhaps a uh, harbinger of something to look out for in the world championship as the stakes continue to rise. Um, so, and hearing you talk about this, Ruslan, <clears throat> of course, makes me think of your winning the FIDE World Championship at the age of 18. So as you, as you look back, do you, do you sort of feel like you, were, you had that sort of uh, young enough not to know better thing? Were your nerves pretty under control at, at such a young age to um, achieve such a height? Well, I would, would confess that personally I didn't expect I, that I would win the, this, this championship. I just went to play like... Uh, like uh, I it was I think was my maybe third championship before I played in Las Vegas. I played in in New Delhi, and my dream was like at that moment like qualified just three rounds as I remember, uh, because if you pass like three rounds and you qualify for some kind of feeder Grand Prix or anything was involved, and I was just well <laughs> I was just number twenty in the world, let's say at that moment. So I was not kind of thinking about winning. But then it's like kind of like going, I don't know, it went for me smoothly, let's say. I did I did some work, but I also had some kind of, uh, uh, let's say, tournament luck. I don't know. I, I, I also would say that it's not only was involved with me, I also had uh, kind of support of my chess club, of my uh, seconds, of my coaches at that at that moment. Yeah, just just an amazing feat. And um, 
I, I have a follow-up question from friend and supporter of the podcast, Chris Wainscott. Uh, I want to give a little bit of context before we get into it, just for the newer chess fans listening. So, um, of course, the Chess World Championship cycle and the title has had an uneven history. And in the 1990s and 2000s in, in particular, um, for, there was a period where there were separate factions uh, organizing world championship tournaments. Um, there were... Basically, there was a breakaway from FIDE and attempt to uh, have a separate world championship. So there were periods where there were two world champions, although uh, Grandmaster Panamariev uh, was FIDE world champion, which of course has the long history, although during that period it was a uh, different format, a knockout tournament that, that Grandmaster Panamariev won against the strongest players in the world, um, with a couple notable exceptions, uh, not in that tournament. But... Um, so let's get to Chris's question. I'm sure you've answered similar things before, but it's it's important uh, to to have this sort of thing on the record and to hear your perspective because chess fans always argue about this stuff. So Chris says, GM Panamariev, it seems that many people have strong opinions on the knockout world championship events held by FIDE. Some people feel they are that those are absolutely not counted in the list of world champions, while others, myself included, feel that it's not the fault of the winners that they played under that format. I'm curious as to how you see yourself. Do you consider yourself to be a former champion in the Steinitz to Carlson pantheon? And he says, I ask this question with the greatest of respect. Uh, well, I, I would honestly say I'm kind of a modest person and I, I, I'm, I'm not like one like to, to claim something when it's like, I was the best of uh, right, the best right. of the world. Even like if you will uh, see, I sometimes I I find some old videos on on YouTube how I gave like press conferences during this match uh, versus Vasily. I was like still saying, well, it's kind of nice that I'm winning, but yeah, it's kind of also would be nice for me to play versus Kramnik versus Kasparov, etc. Right. I was telling this absolutely. Uh, uh, Honestly, but I also don't like like some people like saying, ah, this he was like FIDE champion. He is not like real champion, etc., etc. <laughs> and I kind of like uh, see this many times. In some of them, I just uh, uh, like don't don't care about much about this kind of opinions. I just remember once it was funny to read me to read. Uh, Vishwanathan statement uh, when he won match versus uh, Kramnik uh, and he came to Aruna and he was like saying such a relief finally this like <laughs> let's say <laughs> uh, haters uh, now can yeah. say me anything anymore <laughs> because now finally I won everything like he, he said like I won like uh, he said he won Knockout championship, he won like uh, unified championship, he won in the tournament system, like in all, in all possible. Well, I, I'm not an aunt, I can say about uh, this about myself, but uh, what can I do? In, in that moment, like uh, the system was uh, like this, yeah. Um, uh, Kasparov in 1993, like we short, they organized their own uh, system. And uh, someone can say, yeah, maybe they they didn't play, but at least in this championship when where I played, like everyone was playing, including Anand, including even like Karpov, if you can see. Uh, 
uh, everyone was playing except uh, Kramnik and 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 uh, Kasparov. Of course, it's for me it would be uh, much like nicer, like to 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 be able like to participate with all possible like top top players. But what happened is happened. It's kind of like already like history. At least I did my my own best. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, like my match, like with uh, Kramnik, let's say unified, did not happen. Well, it's not happened uh, with uh, uh, Kasparov even before. But I also, also, I kind of feel like people like trying like to compare all these uh, uh, titles. Uh, recently, I also saw. Like Magnus Carlsen made some kind of comments if uh, Bobby Fischer is genius or not genius. I don't know. I for personally, I I don't want like to kind of compare like Senets with Avi with Fischer with Kasparov, etc. etc. Everyone in their own period uh, achieved uh, something, and it's uh, always kind of achievement which is. Uh, not everyone is uh, is 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 capable. At the same moment, like haters can also like say about Kramnik. Ah, Kramnik is not real champion because he lost match to Shirov, he lost match uh, to Kamsky, and he shouldn't like to play versus like uh, Kasparov at all, etc., etc. Uh, but uh, for me, Kas- uh, Kramnik also. It's a great like player as well, like AD as a champion. Yeah, yeah. People could argue about this stuff endlessly, but I really appreciate your uh, honest perspective and uh, your your modesty is is admirable. Um, so we've got a bunch of uh, listener questions, so we might need to go rapid fire, Ruslan. But first, let's uh, let's take a break and hear from our friends at aimchess.com. Not every chess player has a janitor to help them improve at chess like Beth Harmon did. For those of you who don't, there is aimchess.com. Aimchess has a web-based algorithm that collects and analyzes your games from chess.com or LeeChess, and then it creates personalized study plans based on your weaknesses to help you improve. It might highlight specific openings to work on, tell you to tighten up your tactics, or in my case, tell me to manage my time better. Then it gives you puzzles and advice with the goal of helping you improve your chest faster. You can check out Aim Chest for free. And then if you decide to subscribe, please use the promo code CHESS30 to save 30%. That's CHESS30. The details are also in the show notes. So for now, let's get back to the interview. Okay, so we've got a lot of questions that I'd like to get to. So let's just roll through them. So... Um, the first one, we've got a few good questions from supporter of the podcast, Cody Noble. Thanks for the support, Cody. Cody says, Ruslan, do you have any future goals in the chess world outside of being a competitor? For example, coaching, writing, running for a position in FIDE. <laughs> well, I'm not like seeking running for position in FIDE or any kind <laughs> of politician career. Also, some chess players I saw, like Luke Van Vele or Antoinette Stefano, Uviriel Balahad, they kind of became <laughs> members of the national parliament. So far, I'm not feeling like uh, this. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of still 
I would say I'm not like uh, thinking about like becoming world champion. I'm not. Uh, I'm kind of like realistic. I'm not like competing. Let's say for the some kind of top uh, results in chess, but I'm just kind of still trying like enjoying uh, chess. Like you said, co- combining like now nowadays it's, um, for example, it's happened like no like chess tournament and I kind of enjoying uh, possibility like to give some coaching sessions or or to do uh, in Spain we had we made some kind of uh, simuls. Probably I don't know if it it will happen. I I've got some invitations to play in July in in Dortmund. Where I would play Kasim uh, Janov, uh, Kamsky, Bluebaum, uh, Friedman so far. It's not like we have super top field uh, like in, in candidates, but I still like also feel I would like like to play. I like this kind of chess atmosphere. I like like to compete and it's also helping, for example, for for coaching. When you're like playing, you like feel um much better what's what's going on in the chess world about writing uh some chess books i kind of wanted to write something i kind of enjoying uh for example hatakamsky wrote a book or Evgeny Bariev wrote a book where like this kind of idea annotate my own games like some kind of memories it just i um, I don't know. Maybe I'm kind of <laughs> lazy person. Maybe there is uh, some kind of always to find uh, compromises in uh, real life to f- find free time for everything. I'm also like family uh, guy. Yeah. Have two small kids, but I hope in some moment I also can do this this kind of stuff. Well, at least I I like nowadays. Uh, it's possible like to communicate. Uh, with people d- different formats like we have uh, twitch we have youtube you can uh, record uh, contact you can communicate with people on twitter i i kind of do it like this audio podcast for the first time and kind of yeah thank you <laughs> what what kind of people would be like opinions feedbacks etc kind of like this stuff well i want to say since it came up, your engagement on Twitter has been amazing to see. It's been a real thrill for many chess fans, myself included. Obviously, there are lots of um, top players who have Twitter accounts and tweet to mention when they're playing in a tournament and uh, stuff like that. Of course, Anish Giri, legendary for his trash talk. But in terms of like uh, actual engagement back and forth, you're, you're answering chess puzzles that adult improvers post. Uh, you're answering questions that people ask you. It's really amazing to see, and I just wanted to, to thank you for doing that. It's very, it's very generous of you. Well, I, I'm not in doing this, uh, like for for someone. I'm I'm also doing it for myself. I personally like uh, to uh, let's say to see what people doing in chess and people's like opinions. And this. Uh, is uh, last year I'm started more involved in some kind of coaching. I'm kind of also curious, not only from the perspective of professional chess players, but also like ordinary uh, people, like who for for whom like 
uh, chess is just a hobby how they feel uh, what they're interested in chess uh, for me it's also kind of I'm trying to remember a little bit myself when I started to play chess as a kid how I had like what kind of uh, feelings I have with chess, with chess it's kind of nowadays I feel like I am already like dinosaur and I hope with my own kids uh, in some moment well my son is going to be five years old in June he's still not playing but I'm kind of curious what kind of interest would uh, he will have for chess and like you like live for a second time this kind yeah. of like, feeling when Sam's like learning from the beginning from Sam's learning from the uh, uh, scratch, let's say. And I know, and people in general, I like Twitter more than uh, as a social platform. Probably, I like this kind of format that it's uh, let's say short messages. Uh, that's that's my way for me to write big, huge book, formulate all kind of thoughts. Uh, kind of complicated, but here, like they put limits and. That's fine. Let's see. It's, it's great. Yeah. Well, well, but someone maybe likes, uh, for example, YouTube or some likes to watch Twitch or other formats. It's like as many people as, uh, as other possible opinions. I just feel like great that nowadays there is so much, uh, uh, so many like options. It's only like problem, like for me. Uh, it's not like how, let's say, uh, to study uh, chess, uh, where to get information. The only, the biggest like problem, there is like so much information. And, like what, what to choose? What's more important? What less important? And yeah. we have only like 24 hours a day <laughs> to put this kind of priorities. <laughs> Always difficult. Yeah, a uh, friend of the podcast and uh, adult improver extraordinaire, Neil Bruce, actually had a Patreon question about that, which he saw that you mentioned that on Twitter, that that often uh, there's too much information and people need to filter it. So Neil asks if you have any suggestions for adult chess improvers in particular, but people in general on how to apply chess information filters so that we can focus on the most useful bits. I, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out a little bit for myself Let's see. I would say in chess, I have some kind of uh, taste for some, let's say, content. Um, but once again, I'm I'm not so sure that it's like one hundred percent everything correct. I can be like uh, wrong once again, and I understand like. Uh, Many people like they put hard work to create to produce this kind of uh, contact, and maybe they just uh, saw like uh, things a little bit different, not exactly like me. And I appreciate this kind of variety of opinions. Maybe once again, I would suggest not only look exactly how like chess players organize the the time, but even like other person who is not involved with like in chess, how they organize their daily routine, how they manage like uh, time, how you can be like more effective, more like productive 
And personally, I'm still like all the time like trying to look to find like balance between like family, between like professional career, between like my uh, hobbies. Like try try to make not not only the things that I like to do, but also what maybe sometimes I need to do. Maybe not always uh, working super super well. So I, I that's why I'm also like uh, uh, reading sometimes like uh, what people suggest on Twitter. I really like it. Uh, Noel uh, Studer from Switzerland. You can check his blog. He started to give some. Yeah, I, yeah I, Grandmaster I, Noel Studer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been yeah great blog posts. Um, um, well, I, once again, what what I can say for me, for example, it works like maybe I'm more productive more in the morning. But like some people more can be productive in the evening. We have like all these kind of different uh, circumstances, and you need to adapt to your like individual needs. And once again, there is like lots of uh, books written by smart people. I'm also trying to read them. Another like problem, like how to adapt all this kind of smart yeah so much information uh, smart so uh, such as like i remember for example bill gates or uh, some like he said i go somewhere like one week away just to focus to concentrate and no one disturbing me and to focus on some kind of subject but okay this is like bill Gates. he yeah. has this kind of possibility but maybe other people have like need like to struggle like need like to fit their family and need to do this kind of routine but i guess you still need can try to revise to see your like priorities where like to save your time maybe to spend less time on social or social networks less time watching like uh, netflix and maybe to do some yeah. other stuff but okay. Yeah, it's tough. And and what about from a pro- professional perspective? So you mentioned you've got the tournament in Dortmund coming up. Um, uh, Yuri Harbich on Twitter mentioned that he'd love to see you play in the World Blitz and Rapid Championship. But I know that you're also doing a bit of of Twitch streaming. Um, and uh, and you mentioned uh, like an interest in in training in tracking the conversations on Twitter. So how does it all like come together for, for your career? Like obviously playing chess is, is your first priority, but what else do you do you either do now or think of doing in terms of, uh, of making a living in the chess world? Well, I would say uh, recently, <laughs> last time I played my chess game was Bundesliga and it was more than one year ago. So I was kind of obliged to do uh, other, other stuff. I would say with um, my friends, with Vladimir Baklan, with Pavel Ilyanov, with Zahar Yefinka, with Yuri Kuzubov, we started kind of chess online academy. Uh, uh, it's uh, more for the Russian speaker, uh, like uh, young, young, uh, young players. We had from different countries. We had like some students. Most of the students were from from Ukraine. Some, but some students we had from Germany, some from Israel, some from Canada, some from uh, Russia. 
as well. So it's kind of uh, people like asking when I would uh, play. I don't know when I, I I would play, but actually I'm not like feeling so badly about not not playing uh, this time like chess. I kind of I I'm not feel like super great about this kind of restrictions. I don't like like when you when you like uh, don't have like choice, but what you what what you can do. But I personally I didn't like feel so badly about uh, this kind of changes in my life. And 2020 for some people like uh, pandemic year, uh, I I know that not not everyone feel like great, but at least I I would remember that this year my daughter was born. Let's say yeah. So for me it was like uh, great, great yeah. year in this kind of aspect. And okay. When chess tournaments will start, like Dortmund, maybe I would have uh, something in the end of uh, 2021. I once again, it's even early to say about Dortmund because maybe once again in in US you have fast vaccination, but in Europe now I'm staying in Spain, it's kind of goes like slowly. And my parents, for example, parents-in-law, they are still not vaccinated. So I hope it will still be organized in Dortmund, but let's see. I'm I, I I will I will play. I'm not like I will not announce like one how I'm retired from chess, <laughs> but let's say my approach is, uh, let's say more more calm. I'm I'm not like uh, in such a rush that I need like to play each month. Let's say. Everywhere, I would like like to combine uh, my playing playing chess and also combine like I like other activities like I'm I'm saying uh, to do coaching, to comment online chess games, to do some kind of uh, simuls, to write articles, and if I earn even money with this, <laughs> it's kind of great. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it's glad glad to hear. I'm sure we. Chess fans would love to see you competing, but any way that you're engaging, I'm sure. Um... Once again, about for example, uh, someone asked about Rapid and Blitz Championship, but do you know when it's going to be and where? Yeah, so far <laughs> I, I don't know which, which uh, what's what like date. I would confess, uh, it's kind of uh, hard to train to to prepare for something that you even don't know. If it's going like to happen, and now at least when I know that I have Dortmund, I kind of started already to look for my opponents' games a little bit, like to check uh, chess more like seriously. Before, at least you don't know what to do. Okay, I checked this stuff. I watched some games. I did some like let's say puzzles, but it was not like let's say systematic. Not. Uh, so like uh, work like motivate you can always say okay maybe I can do it later I need like at that moment like to prepare my chess class my chess material for my students <laughs> instead because they ask me okay you start to do it need to do it in two weeks I need like to finish this article and deadline is this one so kind of priorities change yeah 
Well, we look forward to, to seeing you back out there. We just have a couple more questions, Ruslan, if we can, um, if you're okay with it. Yeah, sure. We still have, I can be maybe 20 minutes more. Oh, right. amazing. Thank you so much. Okay. Um, so we got a couple, of course, your uh, Ukrainian uh, compatriot, Vasily Ivanchuk, is, um, or Vasily Ivanchuk. His uh, reputation precedes him as someone who generates a lot of stories. So uh, Cody Noble asks, do you have any good Vasily Ivanchuk stories? Oh, well, I, I would say uh, we are we'll considered like always like uh, competing against each other. And as you can see, we played many, many games you can find in database. But we also were playing together for the for the Ukrainian national team. And yeah, we are kind of different uh, generation. And it's with Vasily, let's say, it's not like so easy like to say, hey, let's, uh, <laughs> let's do something. But I remember actually, uh, yeah, Vasily is such a person who is like focused and he's very like professional. He's much more interested in chess like anyone else I think in the world. Like, But even sometimes I remember... I was telling, ah, do you want like to go to the cinema with like waiting for the uh, uh, next day? We had flight to Istanbul to some uh, Olympiad. I don't remember which year it was, maybe 2000 or 1998. And we went like to cinema in Kiev and we watched some kind of uh, Titanic movie. <laughs> it was sounds like <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> but the Mariova and Vachuk went to watch like some movie. Oh. Uh, I I remember sometimes like in in Yerevan, uh, he like uh, normally focusing on his preparation versus his opponent, but one one free day I said, okay, let's go to the city center, uh, let's uh, try to local uh, food instead of eating all the time buffet in the hotel, and he can join like I mean. And he can like drink uh, wine with you, and then when he can be like relaxed, he can uh, uh, read some kind of stories from his uh, time when he played, or what uh, kind of books he was reading. And I kind of always trying to learn from Vasily uh, what he's best. I know where what kind of. Weaknesses he also has, but okay, I prefer maybe not <laughs> to talk about his weaknesses. But he's uh, nice. He's like, yeah. let's say, he's like not ordinary, like person in aspect, like not not like you go with someone on on daily like uh, life, because maybe his mind works a little bit like different. But when you like find some kind of connection with him. He's nice person. Excellent. By the way, yeah. did, did you ever invite try to invite him for your podcast? I didn't. I need to make that happen. I mean, I've of course watched a few interviews. I know uh, Fiona Steele Anthony got him to uh, join a, a stream of errors or something like that, but I, I haven't had the privilege yet. So maybe it's better if he will talk himself about himself. <laughs> That's fine with me. <laughs> I'll give him. I'll give him the mic and leave the room. <laughs> okay. Um, 
And we had one more about Ivanchuk, which is, did you ever play checkers or droughts with him? Of course, he's a legendarily um, uh, big checkers aficionado as well. So Greg Smith asks if you ever played with him when you were on Olympiad teams together. Not like really. Once, once I played checkers versus him, and but this story more remembers Vasily. Like I was reading some kind of interviews, and he said, uh, like. I played versus Panamariov, uh, like checkers, and then suddenly I saw that I'm blundering, but he didn't find it, and like he was like taking some so like seriously. Just for me, I I don't have uh, so much like interest in checkers like Vasily has, and we have uh, very huge like difference of uh, of level of play that even for him it's like not really interesting. My my dad, when I'm coming to Kiev, he like wants like to play. Ah, oh, let's play some checkers. But I don't know. For me, it's like checkers. It's just I don't want like offend anyone. But for me, it's like a simplified version of chess. I like chess much more than checkers. Like for me, uh, chess is more like complex uh, game. And like to play after chess like checkers, I don't know. I'm not very like excited. I. I was kind of was interested about other games with my dad. We are playing Beghamon, for example. And I even like reading, was reading some books how to play better in Beghamon. And, and my dad was complaining, what's this? <laughs> you are starting to beat me. But once it's happened, I left my book in Kiev. And at the moment, I returned back. And my dad finished to read this book. And I forgot <laughs> everything. He started to beat me in Beghamon. And other like board games, uh, I tried to learn a little bit Go, this Japanese game. Well, because I went to mind games, it was organized many times in China, many years. And this was like competing bridge players, checkers, uh, Go. And I was kind of interested about Go, but Go was for me, was so complex uh, game. Uh, and I didn't just... I just realized that I don't have so much like free time to study it more. And the problem where I live in in Spain, like we don't have like players who can actually explain you uh, how what's your mistakes, what you should do. We had I I went to some uh, club here in uh, Bilbao where like people like to play go and also play like to play chess and. I remember we tried to put some kind of puzzles from the book on the board and solve together. It looks like it was the simplest one. And we are, we are thinking like hard, like 20 minutes, and then said, okay, we do this. And then we are checking solution. It's totally wrong what we, what we were thinking. So huh. that's, that's kind of go. I, I, it's maybe not, not exactly f- for me. I kind of feel maybe sometimes like people in chess, they struggling a little bit in the beginning in this aspect, like how how to learn uh, where like to start. Because once again, I'm telling like it's lots of uh, kind of information and it's kind of nice when someone like gives you maybe a nice movement, like nice uh, direction. I think like in chess, even... Uh, don't really nowadays 
you don't need like to have your coach like 24 hours near nearby by you but if someone like create kind of like let's say training plan from you you have so many like tools like for example i started like to do some kind of puzzles on leeches and i was kind of surprised like of variety and difficulty that i started even like to see so maybe now i don't need to buy this kind of books that i bought my before to solve <laughs> puzzles like we have this uh leeches well i'm still like uh, like to read for example new chess and there is like maxim notkin gives this kind of uh position to solve okay i believe it like go to another direction the question was about checkers and we started to talk about <laughs> no it's interesting to hear to to hear you just talk sometimes about... i wanted to explain my way of thinking like if checkers i i try like to see how i can compare with chess how i can adapt these things from other uh, areas and for me that's why it's interesting like people who is not professional chess player but who like uh, chess how what kind of uh, let's say techniques they adapt because they are professional in other stuff uh, that's why i really like enjoy uh, the also opinions other uh, suggestions of course of course i will not like listen when they will say me uh what to play in sicilian defense some kind of concrete but maybe some kind of ideas what in general improve like a person what improve like in training some kind of methods is always like uh nice yeah it makes sense and you're not alone uh peter hein nielsen is strong shogi player at least strong for a westerner and um Marazevich, i believe plays go as well have you have you yeah i saw Marazevich. i think also uh, tiger hilar person yeah plays, oh. Well, actually, for example, from history, I was reading Emmanuel Lasker and Eduard Lasker. They were also interested about uh, Go, and Eduard Lasker was founder of Go Association. Well, it was already <laughs> more than 100 years ago. But yeah, it's a rich history, though. Um, and we had like Alpha Zero, Alpha Go. So yeah. it's still like board games. Yeah. Karpov is, I would say, is such person who really likes to play and he likes to compete and he likes to to beat you in every kind of board game as well. Oh, I didn't know that. Did you did you play so you played other games with him? I didn't play versus Karpov other games, but I just remember in nineteen ninety nine, I think, a little bit early, I was invited to training camp with Karpov on Cyprus. He was preparing versus uh Jeroen Pickett. I think match and actually we didn't really focus more on the opening preparation but we played kind of uh, lots of blitzscapes and I was kind of feeling I uh, uh, like Karpov very competitive and he will not let me go out from the room until the score would be like uh, favorable for him well he at the moment he was also better player than me you were a teenager then right yeah yeah That's but still amazing. it's such a opportunity like to see uh, him i was just invited by surprise uh mikhail padhaitz was his regular coach from odessa and somehow he suggested like also invited me for this 
Wow. I remember it was funny. We were watching some kind of openings, like with E4, some kind of ideas I showed. And then I was wondering, so what Karpov will play versus Pickett? Did he use any kind of idea that we checked? And it was funny that he didn't use any idea that we checked. He just was playing his old openings. It was Queens, Indian and Nimtsa Nimtsa defense that we didn't check at all. But maybe he just wanted to be it's kind of like uh, in in the tonus, let's say, to play with someone like before the match. Uh, And they kind of young uh, players they kind of uh, let's say different mind of uh, thinking uh, different like kind of ideas and it can help i i also enjoy myself uh communicate with young players unfortunately nowadays in ukraine we don't have uh let's say so many talented young players or maybe it's a problem that we don't have uh like so much support for them but we actually have for example kirill shevchenko if you heard about him you can check uh, his games he's he's not like uh, well known but he's like grandmaster and i like uh, sometimes like to have some training games with him to talk about chess with him and i'm feeling like talking with him he gives me some kind of motivation and energy to work a little bit myself and i'm trying to learn something uh from him and i'm trying like to correct some kind of mistakes that I already made myself that maybe at least he will not waste time on it and do something like immediately better. That that's interesting. Yeah, Grandmaster Dennis Boros actually weighed in on Twitter. Shout out to Dennis. He's uh, been on the podcast. Um and he he was wondering, speaking of which, if there's anything you would change now based on uh you know your your time at the top, your clashes with the Titans. Is there anything that you wish you had done differently? So, is there any advice that, uh, that like, what kind of advice do you give Grandmaster uh, Kiro of? Uh, I'm gonna mispronounce his well, name. Well, uh, once again, it depends for whom. For if you want to be a professional chess player, like compete, like Caruana, or you just uh, hobby chess player, like you want just to improve and, and to be better. I don't know. Well, what about your own, your, your own reflections of, on, of your career? Levels. I mean, I would also confess when I started to study chess, there was different tools. Uh, I studied chess from the books. I didn't have like even like a computer. I remember uh, I, I, I went to the city hall to ask to print there some games of my possible opponents. And I remember I was going to Pamplona in 1997, 1996. It was uh, holidays, winter holidays tournament. And we were like printing games like to prepare versus as my Parashvili, Holiko, <laughs> Spielman. And, that mo- and nowadays it sounds like funny, like ridiculous. And I yeah. still like, remember this kind of uh, floppy disk, MS-DOS system how just to find uh, someone in database. I was needed like maybe 30 minutes or something. Meanwhile, you waited when the search will complete. 
<laughs> you do some other stuff. Nowadays, it takes some, I don't know, seconds. And I also remember Anand was preparing for uh, match versus Tapalov, and they made some kind of ridiculous mistakes in opening preparations that in first game, if you check, that nowadays, like, computer immediately shows that this is not possible. <laughs> but before they spent, like, uh, lots of time. So, I kind of afraid to give, uh, let's say, suggestions. Um, I'm also, let's say, when I'm trying, like, to give some people, like, suggestions during, like, coaching, I my approach, it's not, like, that you just memorize, let's say, information or anything. You can find lots of memories. It's more like about you learn uh, how to work more like yourself and to give like for people uh, motivations on on like continue to work, not not to be like uh, lazy. Once again, I would say the important factors in chess it's how you organize it i think how you distribute your time you you like you know you have like one month of preparation how most efficiently you 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 will uh, use it and of course we are not even now well you you have kind of access to books you have like access to good good computers, but even like this candidates tournament, as you can see, like for example, Van Hao was saying that he came alone without any kind of seconds. Maybe he had some kind of small preparations. And Ian Nipomnichi, for example, as I mentioned, he had like four like top like player helping to him. But okay, you're still like you you want to to use all your possible available like uh, resources as more you have is better and it's, I would say it's important how you use uh, your time and another factor when you already come to the tournaments what I would like to work maybe for myself it's my uh, daily routine during chess tournament because it's kind of like let's say uh different to be at home in calm situation to be during the tournament for me this kind of adaptations always not so easy i would like like to sleep let's say better right. <laughs> during the than before but but okay this this kind of things a little bit like individual depends on kind of your own personality i guess so i just afraid i don't want also like to give some kind of wrong uh suggestions i would suggest like for people a little bit like try to analyze uh, everything a little bit yourself adapt uh, the best methods how it will work better for you you don't need like to copy exactly what other people yeah. like do and it's still like uh, it's possible like to try to improve like even what doing like carlson why not uh, how you are going to beat Carlson if you will just copy? <laughs> you need to think what you can do better. And I like like how Ian said in some interview, like uh, to become better, you like thinking what you can 
do better like each day even like small details you don't put like such a huge like goals like i want like to increase like 100 elo points you just maybe ask simple question okay what i can do better in like few period of time and uh, let's uh, later you like honestly compare this did you really like become better or you just like spent some time what you like enjoyed more some people maybe enjoy more to do puzzle rush or to play some kind of lots of blitz online games but maybe this is fine if you like uh if you like a hobby player but if you maybe want to improve maybe you need to think to do something like more i don't know okay. just i hope people after uh, uh, listening will try to think a little bit for themselves i also think it's important like to have always always like some kind of critical let's say thinking even if some author of the book wrote this and claiming this and not another one try to ask yourself so why he's saying this maybe it's not it's not like this and this is how like ideas is i guess exchange it and how like they develop yeah that's great advice for super grandmasters and club players alike um, so Ruslan, just, just two more questions. Um, we can go quick. Number one, I've, I've heard you mention about possibly working with, uh, Ukrainian players and obviously they have a rich legacy. Um, but n- no one, uh, at the very top at, at this moment, um, are you doing, but since you're living in Spain now, do you do any sort of Spanish chess outreach or do you still consider yourself primarily a, a Ukrainian player who lives in Spain? Well, I'm still considered myself, uh, Ukrainian, I didn't change uh, citizenship. I have my residence permit. So, and I'm kind of proud. Like I would say, I know I'm, I'm Ukrainian. If someone, people was saying sometimes in, that I'm speaking sometimes like Russian, I'm saying, no, 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 I'm not Russian. I'm, I'm like Ukrainian. Sometimes I can feel like people, it's this kind of national proud, uh, like someone from Belgium and they say, are you French? No, I'm I'm Belgian or something. So Ruslan, we lost internet for a second, but you were in the middle of of uh, discussing your Ukrainian pride. So you can continue. Yes, I consider myself uh, Ukrainian, despite even like living in in Spain. I I didn't change my citizenship. I I'm holding my Ukrainian passport, and I'm having like my uh, Spanish uh, just residence permit uh, card. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I also feel like uh, nowadays. Uh, I'm. I'm not like a nationalist. Anything. Uh, like my wife is uh, Basque, and so we have our kids. I don't know who they are. Like they. I'm trying like they to teach them like as many languages as as possible to be like multicultural. And I like about uh, chess that I could like uh, met so many like people I could travel and nowadays I would say uh, we are like lockdowns in, in lockdowns but thanks to technologies we now still like, can communicate we are doing this podcast and uh, yeah I'm mostly like working 
like I would say with uh, let's say I mostly like do some kind of training sessions uh, with uh, Ukrainian guys. Maybe because it just for me it's kind of easier. Uh, this you know, kind of we don't have this so much, so many like cultural differences. It's kind of not only about profession but also some kind of uh, friendly like tokens, etc. But uh, I also would I would say I I. I do some kind of training session in Spanish, in, in English language. Uh, we, we started this, uh, as I mentioned, school, online school with my friends like Pavel Ilyanov, uh, Vladimir Baklan, Zahara Finka, Yuri Kuzov, well, <laughs> all members of National Ukraine, but I also cooperated with other uh, online uh, chess schools. I also like recorded some other content in Spanish for me. I don't like feel uh, so like big difference. Of course, for me, it's kind of easier to express my thoughts in uh, my native uh, language. For in, in English, let's say it's uh, more like difficult communicate. But I hope at least people still can understand me and just using some chess terms, more or less, we can share. This, this kind of ideas. I don't think nowadays it's even like looking, we should like put this kind of limits, not only in chess, but in general, in the world. I kind of would say more, uh, I like like idea we live in European Union and there, there is no like borders between like countries. I can go from Spain to Portugal. I can go now my sister-in-law in 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 Paris. And actually last year in October, we visited her. It was like possible. So I kind of like this idea when uh, it's, it's like different people communicate. I remember just a few days ago, I went with my son to the park uh, near our house and I was and I heard someone was speaking like German other day someone was speaking French some day other, someone was speaking like Arabic language someone was speaking like uh, Romanian someone was speaking like British and for me it's like just sounds absolutely natural like living here in Basque country where also we have like Basque language and also people speak like both like Basque and Spanish yeah, that that's that's a good feeling. And hear, hearing you speak about traveling uh, brings up my my last question, Ruslan, which is I found a 2008 interview you did with Chessbase, where you said, "I have a dream to travel around the Mongolian steppes on horseback." <laughs> One of my friends at the Institute of Physical Culture traveled in the Antarctic and brought me back a souvenir coin. Listening to his stories of the ice and penguins, I also yearned to see the Antarctic. I have already found out that this pleasure would cost me about 10,000 euros. So here we are 13 years later, you have two kids. So I have to ask if you've made that trip happen yet, Ruslan. Uh, not, not yet. I do. I still didn't make do this trip to Mongolia, but uh, who knows? <laughs> Someday, everything, yeah. everything is, is possible. Uh, I just started to discover even like despite uh, like 
to be locked many times. Uh, we are locked in the same like uh, city. We, we we can go without uh, reason out only if you have like special needs. Or sometimes we locked in the province and even it's not possible like to go to to France, for example. But I even found like here in Basque countries there is so many like beautiful, uh, nice uh, nice places. Sometimes if, when it's like possibility, I like take my bicycle. And I can ride a little bit. Or one day, I can take my son, and we went to to um, mountains just to do some kind of uh, hiking. I I would like like to motivate them. Uh, yes, I'm like competitive, and also like a sportsman that else they also had my kids healthy, let's say, uh, life, active life, enjoyed a little bit. Of everything, I guess it's it's not so easy. Like still, like to travel all around uh, the world. Like uh, for example, Nigel Short, he probably traveled much more than anyone anyone else. So Anatoly Karpov, I've still like barely visited. Maybe like third part of country that he traveled, but I don't know. I just try to enjoy this kind of. Uh, moments and when it would be like allowed to to travel i will i will try to travel uh i will try to travel again of course with uh, kids it's slightly different but i think you should not put uh, some kind of limits excuses uh, i'm even like sometimes surprised with my own son uh he's he would be in June, like only five years old. But I think when he's excited, he don't, uh, he's not tired at all. I don't know where he yeah. finds like energy. But he, when amazing. he's like yeah. bored, it's, it would be like even hard uh, to tell him, oh, you should go like even 100 meters. He wants mm-hmm. that I take him in my arms. Excellent. Well, well, Ruslan, it's been amazing hearing your your wisdom both about chess and and life in general. I I want to thank you for being so generous with your time. Um, incredible perspective on the candidates and and your career and uh, what's what's coming next. So we know that everyone should follow you on Twitter. If you don't have a Twitter account, you should make one to follow Grandmaster Panamariev. Um, is there anywhere else that people should keep up with uh, with what you're doing, uh, Ruslan? Well, uh, let's let's stay in touch. I, we are always like uh, uh, changing. I would like appreciate some kind of uh, feedbacks, some kind of suggestion. I I appreciate that maybe people have some kind of different opinions as, as well uh i mean life 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 continues uh but we should also value our, our time let's say uh the time is also limited mm. so uh let's stay guys in in the in the contact to do some kind of interesting uh, stuff like together all this kind of cooperations i really like and about time i'm sorry i need like to probably take my bicycle 
and go <laughs> to pick my son from the school and Absolutely. go and bring him to the swimming, swimming pool. I don't know well, about uh, new stuff, new like projects. I would, in principle, I'm open-minded. I always would like uh, to try some new new things. Why not? I don't. I don't put some kind of limits. Other questions like uh, to find like time just for everything. That's easy, and you need like to put some kind of priorities. That's yeah. Yeah, managing time is the issue. Well, on that note, we'll let you uh, get your priorities in order and spend some time with your family. So thank you so much, Grandmaster Panamariev. This has been amazing. Okay, thank you, Ben. And yeah, if any kind of questions or any stuff, I mean, we can meet any other moment to share, like to fight. Even for this meeting, we were needed kind of to uh, program it to find some time, but in general, I think everything is possible excellent well thanks and uh and uh enjoy uh the beautiful weather there in spain i'm <laughs> i feel safe to assume the weather's beautiful okay thank you thanks as always to my producer matthew passy thanks to you all for listening and thanks to those of you who help spread the word whether it be positive reviews on podcast platforms telling friends social media all that stuff helps get the word out and it is much appreciated by the way you can follow me on twitter i'm at Official one you can join the perpetual chest facebook group to continue the conversation sometimes even with that week's guests the perpetual chest instagram page is back in action as well at perpetual chess and you can also find all these links on the perpetual chess webpage perpetualchesspod.com but of course the main purpose of these closing credits is to thank everyone who supports perpetual chess financially without you all we would not be able to put out such a consistent and hopefully quality product so thanks so much it really means the world to me and in particular i would like to give thanks to the following people and entities, starting off with my friends at chessable.com. Aside from that, I would like to thank David Lazarus of lasmanchess.com. He is the coach of Dave's Young Tigers on Lee Chess, our friends at Quality Chess Books, the Capital City Chess Club, the Abysmal Depths of Chess blog, Adapta Interactive Web Designs and Services, the Apprentice Twitch channel, A Needy Deer, Austin Clough, Benjamin Porto, Bill Sigler, Kathy Carr, Chad Oliver, the Charlotte Chess Center, the Chess Central's Chess Blog, ChessMood.com, Chris Flanagan, Chris Lott, Dan O'Hanlon, Daniel He, Danny Davidson, David Schreiber, I am Dimitri Schneider, I am Eric Rosen, Eric Tam, Ewan Richardson, Farhan Thawar, Faraz Sawaf, Gary Foreman, Glenn Downing, Greg Harfst, Greg Shahadi, Gregory Gullick, Guvin Manet, James Holyhead, James Kennedy, Jeff Martinson, Jens Green, Jeremy Nielsen, John Jernigan, John Rockefeller, John Mac- MacArthur, Kelly Palmer, Kevin O'Callaghan, King Selt, the King's Crusher YouTube channel, one of the original chess YouTube channels, Lucio Casada Silva, the law offices of Stuart Katz, Matthew Feeney, Michael Can, FM Michael Oblin, Mike Zelazny, Mr. Mike Shahadi, the legendary Mr. Dodgy, the Nerd Nays Twitch channel, GM Peter Prohaska, 
Peter Sodhi, the Playmore Chess Academy of the Hamden Chess Club, Reuven Fisher, Reverend Roy Fry, the Seattle Chess Club, Shane Unger, Stefan Kelty, Stephen Martinez, Sven Gearson, Thomas Stanix, Thomas Tachenko, Todd Bryant of Strong Chess, Todd Kennedy, the Vintage Patsers, which is a chess.com improver group. You can look them up. Wayne Bean, William Hogarth, and I also would like to thank Aaron Waffler, Ace Viega, Adam Ralph of ChessEngland.com, Adrian Gutierrez, Al Hastings, Alan and Maggie Sue, Alex Pejas, Alexander Markovics, Antonio Cancino, FM Andre Tarakov, Dr. Andrew Perry, Angus McLeod, Barry Hessian, Bill Juniper, Bill Moran, Bill Trammell, Brad and Andy Rosen, Brett Howard Lynn, Brian Chase, Brian Mullis, Bruce Scott, Brian Tillis of Palm Beach Chess, Cameron Davis, Chad Hilton, Chess Potzer Spain, Dr. Charles Snodgrass, Chris Wainscott, Christopher Baumgartner, Christopher Chabrie, Christopher Wood, I am Christoph Zalecki, also known as Chess Explained, Coach Jay's Chess Academy, Corey Butson, Costa Carras, Courtney Fry, Craig Mallon, Daniel Ginsberg, Daniel Naylor, Dave Saylor, David Bleskacek, David Brown, David Hamblin, David Cramley, Dalen Shelton, Dennis Parrish, Dirk Decker, FM Donnie Ariel, Dwayne Edmonds, Ed Daly, Ed Mead, Emmanuel Langual, Robitai, Ethan Smith, Hallelujah Cat, Ian Mason, Fide Arbiter, Arbiter, Arbiter excuse me, Felipe Melo Perdera, Fox Valley Chess Club, Francis Letart Lavoie, Frank Tor- Dr. Frank Tortoris, Frank Zanani, Gary Andrews, Gary Lewis, Gautam Narula, Geert Vandervelde, Gene Stewart, George Harris, Giovanni Russo, Han Schut, Harish Srinivasan, Howard Vihan, Jacob Kovac, Jason Apollo, Jason Murray, Jacques Pari, James Aspinwall, James Benastia, James Muir, Jason Woolham, Jadeep Chakrabarty, Jeff Anderson, Jeffrey Martello, Yep Hoyland, Jerry Wells, Jesse Dacumos, Jesse McNulty, Jim Ratliff, Joe DeSano, Joe Valdez, Joel Thomas Ramos, John Tooley, Juan Almaguar, Dr. John Fallon, John Fernandez, John Fontaine, John Hartman of U.S. Chess, John Jeffrey, John McMurtry, Jonathan Slater, John Quist, John Tully, Jose Rodriguez, Justin Gardner, Jen Shahadi, Joel Rocky, John Thompson, GM Josh Friedel, I am Kare Christensen, WGM Katarina Nemsova, Kelly Palmer, Kevin Pryor, I am Kostya Kovutsky of the Chess Dojo, Krishna Gopala Krishnan, Kyle McAvoy, Larry Cook, Larry Ryforth, Laura Belyovsky, Macaulay Peterson, Mark Fitzpatrick, Mark Miller, Mark Wilkins, Marco Bulatovich, Martin Knudsen, Martin Krug, Matthew Passy, Matthew Tedesco of SeattleChessMeetup.org, Matthias Plock, Mechanics Institute Chess Club of San Francisco, Michael Allard, Michael Hudson, Mike Clem, Mitchell Fabian, Nate Gobel, Nate Solon, Neil Bruce, Nigmat Malijanov, Nicholas Isabel, Olaf Mueller-Michaels, GM Pascal Charbonneau, Passy Passanen, Paul Bain, Paul Clarkson, Paul Sweeney, Paulo Santana, Peter Lux, Queenside Management Limited in Switzerland, Randy Temple, Ricky Grahava, Richard Hallenbach, Richard Tucker, Robert Callahan, Robert Titi, Robert Turner, Rory Coleman, Rory Yearwood, Ryan Berg, the Say Chess YouTube channel, Scott McKinnon, Scott Shepard, Sean Kraus, Sebastian Finsterwater, Walter, Sergey Magacon, Seth Ruzicka, Shane Unger, Silver Knights in Richmond, 
Stefan Roller, WGM Tatia Vabrahamian, Tim Brennan of TacticsTime.com, Tim Seymour, Timothy Ha, FM Timothy Wall, Tom Edsel, Tomas Komanich, Tony Rattel, Tyron Price, Vishnu Srikumar, William Brock, William Peterson, FM Zhao Chang of Chess1000.com, and last but never least, Zhivko Stoyanov. Thanks for listening, everyone, and we will catch you all next week. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.